Assalamu alaikum Just before we begin, if you support the Young Smirks podcast and you want to help support the channel, please go to the Patreon below and support us monthly so we can keep up with the shows. We've got lots of content coming up. We're going to have special content specifically for the Patreons as well as a new series on Hijra, inshallah. So please go to the Patreon below and support the podcast. Assalamu alaikum so now I think uh, we have to discuss about the life in Nairobi. Yes, I'd like to know a lot about your, your experiences in Africa. Of course, as you said, you come in from Pakistan and, and uh, then into Medina. Mm. Your experiences was uh, limited in terms of you know, not seeing mm. the, the the differences within within the Muslim communities at all. Yeah. So when you arrived in in Kenya, mm. uh, did you experience in, in Kenya different... that was uh, something which was very interesting mm. that there is a community, Pakistani community, or the people who whose grandfathers came to Kenya mm. uh, to work on the railway line which was laid down by the English people. Mm from Mombasa to Nairobi and from Nairobi to Kampala. Yes. And uh, then there are many stories associated with that railway line. And uh, most of them uh, is related to the lion eaters, the, the man eaters of, uh, man eaters of uh, uh, that uh, Savo, the man eaters of Savo National Park, which is now National Park. Mm. And uh, then the great uh, hunter Jim Carbett came from England to shoot that man-eater lion. Hmm. So those people as laborers they came and they were working there and then they settled down. So they were, we found there is a good number of Asian Muslims yeah. who were in Nairobi. So this is how uh, I settled down in Pangani which is mainly it was Asian populated. So there was another area which was mainly populated by the English people. Yes. And other areas which are, are regarded as poor areas by Africans. Mm. This is were they it mostly was. Gujarati at that time? Or were they mixed from different parts of Asia? As far as Asian community, it covers both. Mm. Punjabis from mm. Pakistan and Gujaratis from India. Mm. Mostly they are mixed up. Mixed, yeah. mm. So I was in Pangani as a guest uh, or Mr. Hassan was hosting me for just a week or two weeks and then later I moved to uh, to Pangani and uh, on a rented flat. So I was approached by some people who came to me and they said to me that I, we heard about you that you have come from Medina so could you please lead Jum'ah in our mosque. There is a locality called Eastley. Mm. Eastley. So that is also an Asian population yes. there. So they got a mosque there. So I said, yes, uh, I am for that purpose. I can lead in Juma. And that was my first Juma in my life to lead in That's a mosque. Right. I led it the, my own way, which uh, I have known to be. Uh, I, I have known in my circles in Pakistan so I finished my Juma and then the president of the mosque said to me that uh, I noticed you did not do two things. Mm. 
one that you are wearing a cap you should have a turban hmm? and second you must have a stick in your hand as well asa i said as far as asa is concerned no problem i can take asa next time hmm? and as for uh, the turban i was not accustomed to it throughout my life i have just uh, worn these kufiya or these caps pakistani caps mm. and uh, so he accepted it so i delivered another khutbah mm. and uh, i think before the third khutbah an event happened somebody died and they invited me to his uh, to the deceased house to do khatam of quran mm. khatam of quran so i went there and people were just reading al quran each person got a part of al quran and they were all reading al quran off and i said all right this is yeah, this is something good and after uh, the reading they asked me now do khitma please yani a dua and and then i saw that the people they started bringing some food and they are going they are placing it in front of me on the table it was not just one plate it was so many plates of different uh, foods mm. so i thought why this food and only in front of me mm. that is the first time i came across uh, this custom of khitma that a food is brought for baraka that mm. the sheikh is going to do baraka to the food and then it is going to be distributed to the people so i i understood that this is their purpose so this is how i made a short speech by saying to them that prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said the famous hadith is a mata ibn adam in qata'a anhu amaluhu illa min salas when ibn adam dies all his actions are terminated except for three and which are the first is waladun salihun yadula he got uh, a very pious son making dua for him na and then ilmun yuntafa bihi and the knowledge he has spread the knowledge which he has spread that is and uh, any any good work which he has started in his life hmm. which continued after his life that is uh, the sadaqa jariya so i said uh, I I explained this hadith and then I just made this dua. I I did not do any anything to show that I am putting some baraka in the mm. food or this and that. So they have to take uh, the plates back. And I asked for their permission to retreat and then I came back. What happened that the very same people who were associated with that mosque officially they started ringing everybody that the sheikh who has come from madina he is uh, wahabi huh? <laughs> he is wahabi <laughs> and so that was uh, their first comments about me and then i received an invitation from them to discuss few things before giving the next sermon next juma So I went to their house, one of uh, their leaders, and they were assembled there. They wanted to ask me some questions. 
What is your aqidah? I said, my aqidah is the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But they wanted to dig out uh, what is my aqidah <laughs> as far as uh, their notion of aqidah is concerned. So when they did not uh, find what they are looking for, they got a very straight question. What do you say about Ismail Shaheed, Sayyid Ismail Shaheed? Now, Sayyid Ismail Shaheed, he was accompanied by Sayyid Ahmad Shaheed. These were the two great men in Indian history who went from central India through Rajasthan, Sindh, Afghanistan, because Punjab was ruled by Sikh at that time, mm. that was in 1830s. And then they wanted to do jihad against, uh, uh, against uh, those people who were ruling Punjab at that time, mm. until they came to Peshawar, mm. in a long route, mm -hmm. because they had to avoid Punjab. So they came through Rajasthan and Sindh, Kandhar, Kabul, Peshawar. And uh, with the help of uh, Khawanin, means Khan peoples of uh, Afghanistan, they were able to establish the Muslim rule there. Even they have appointed uh, Qawis as well. But anyhow, that is a great uh, history. Our brothers should try to learn about it. That how in the end there was a great battle in Balakot, which is now in Pakistan, between the Sikhs and Sayyid Ahmad Shaheed and Sayyid Ismail Shaheed, mm. in which these two great men were martyred. And uh, their graves are still there. So Sayyid Ismail Shaheed was the scholar. Mm. And he, he comes in the line of Shah Waliullah Dehlavi. He is the grandson mm. of Shah Waliullah Dehlavi. And he wrote many books refuting mm. innovations and bid'ah. Among his books is uh, Sirat al-Mustaqim. Among his books is Taqwiyat al-Iman. So, because of his books, he is known in the Indian continent, sub, uh, in Indian continent, that he was a great uh, a scholar of Sunnah. So they have to ask me directly, what do you say about Sayyid Ismail Shaheed? I can't compromise on this question. Huh? Hmm. I said, uh, what are you saying? You are, you, don't you know who was Ismail Shaheed, who did jihad in the way of Allah SWT? And he gave his testimony with his blood for Islam. You, who are not even equal to the dust of his shoes, you are asking me about Sayyid Ismail Shaheed? Hmm. I became very angry to them. Huh? <laughs> so they said, yes, yes, we know you are, what is your aqidah now, we know hmm. that. And please don't come to our mosque <laughs> for next Jummah. <laughs> so they threw you off the manhaj. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was it. They did, they did uh, so so, uh, so I <laughs> ceased going to Islam mosque. But Alhamdulillah, after a few Jummah, the central mosque, the central mosque invited me to give uh, a speech before Jummah, every Jummah, because uh, the Imam there was an African Imam, mm. and. So this is why they did not want to disturb him. So they said, you can give your speech before, before Jummah. So I started there. And later, 
there were two brothers who were taking control of Landi's mosque, another mosque, mm. Landi's mosque. They invited me as well, say, you have to deliver khutbah in our mosque. So till I left Kenya for uh, after nine years, I was a khatib of this Landi's mosque. Uh, and during that time, during that time, I studied uh, the Swahili language. I, uh, with whom I studied? With any Swahili? No. With a German. <laughs> uh, uh, that uh, young brother, um, German, who was Sheikh Khalid, he used to be in Berlin. He came there. He married a Swahili woman. So he was very fluent with Swahili language. Hmm. So I asked him, I, I'm going to stay with you for, uh, for a week to learn Swahili from you. Because Swahili itself, uh, uh, the main thing is the grammar. So if you know the grammar, then you can increase your vocabulary of Swahili language. So I stayed with him for seven days and I followed the book and took Swahili from him. And then I started giving speech in Swahili as well. So in Juma Khutbah, I used to give speech in Urdu and also some in Swahili. Uh -huh. So, Moingo Zengo Nasema, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, like this, I used to start uh, my speech. So I, uh, I have uh, done some effort to, to learn the language and, uh, and deliver it as well. And then, of course, uh, I was teaching in this African primary school. Not, on, not, uh, not even primary, because when I went there, the school to which I was, uh, I was asked to attend, that was in Majengo, the African locality of Nairobi. And uh, the name of Madrasa was Mungano Madrasa Islamiya, that is in Majengo or Pumwani. It was a mosque. With mosque, there were some classrooms. And I found that uh, the small children, they are just learning Alif Ba Tasa. So I said, how to, how to give uh, the proper knowledge. So this is why I took some students to teach them Arabic in the beginning. And then I have started uh, uh, I have started for a boarding school. So if we, if we have students staying in the boarding, they could attend the, 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 the classes as well. So I was able to construct for them a boarding house. The, the school got a place, a, a vacant place for, for the school in the name of the mosque. So I have to find out some contributions from different peoples. And then we were able to make a house with uh, two stories and eight rooms, which can house uh, around 50 students. Sure. So we invited the students, and uh, students were as, as if they are ready to come, mostly all from Somali quarters of Kenya. Yes. As you know that in Kenya there is a part which is NFD, mm. uh, North Frontier Divisions, which is actually a part of Somalia, but uh, when English left Kenya, they have given it to Kenya. Yes. Uh, there are famous uh, cities like Wajir and Mandera mm. and Siolo in that area. Mm. So students from this uh, area, they flocked to our madrasa. Mm. 
and I have to provide them food as well. So this is how each year, each year we have to move uh, the students to the next class. Mm. So this is how in nine years time, this madrasa got uh, primary classes and then the secondary classes. Mm. Up to secondary classes, I reached with them. And when I left Kenya, and that is another story, interesting story, uh, why did I leave Kenya? Mm. So it has come to, to the secondary level, and those students who studied there till secondary levels, they were able to go to Islamic University of Medina later, to Mumadurman Islamic Asha. Center, to Al-Azhar as well. Uh, and in my long ago, in my visit to Kenya once again, I found my students, they are welcoming me and they are now the big, uh, some of them they are uh, running madaris and some of them they are in politics. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. So you, you're just preparing them for the uh, uh, further education abroad? Yes, yes. Mashallah. So this madrasa, Alhamdulillah, the, it has worked um, a lot. Uh, so Sheikh, uh, nine years is a long time mm. to be in Kenya. Mm. It's, uh, you know, you, you know the country very well. You know, you would have had a lot of experience there. So why did you leave Kenya and come to the UK? As I told you that I was running this madrasa. Mm. And uh, apart from this madrasa, we used to go to uh, different areas for Dawa as well. So I have traveled uh, in Kenya a lot. And then to attend some conferences, I have gone to Uganda. And then with the deputation which came from Saudi Arabia, and they wanted me to accompany them because I could be an interpreter for them. Uh, and that is the first deputations which uh, was headed by our office, Darul Ifta of Saudi Arabia, the head, Sheikh Mohammed bin Qawud, mm -hmm. and Dr. Abdullah bin Abdul Mohsin of Turkey, who later became uh, a minister for Islamic uh, affairs Muslim. and later Secretary General of Rabita mm. uh, and for a long, long period. He just uh, has left this job just a few years ago. Mm. So they came and I traveled with them to Uganda, to Rwanda, to Burundi, to Malawi, and then to Rhodesia, Salisbury. Mm. So I was accompanying them. And uh, then, of course, I told you about uh, my visit to uh, Nigeria, but when I was in Nairobi, we went to Shankit, Mauritania as well for a conference mm. of Rabita. So we took the route, uh, another route going through Nigeria and uh, uh, I think we landed at Gambia mm. and uh, then in Senegal mm. and from Senegal to Nwakshut, like yes. this. Uh, so, and at that time, before coming to UK, finally, I visited UK uh, for a conference as well, which was held in uh, 76, in April 76. That was uh, a big festival here in this country. Mm. So, I, uh, so because of our office, I was, we were sent to this conference as well. So I visited UK at that time. So what happened? Why should I leave Kenya? And it was a very prosperous uh, uh, country and I got a very, I, I enjoyed uh, living there. So what happened that a deputation came from Pakistan and it was headed by a great uh, 
scholar from uh, Karachi. He got his own Darul Uloom, Sheikh Muhammad Yusuf bin Nouri. So, because uh, the brothers who follow the Diwandi school of thought, hmm. they got this big Darul Uloom in Karachi. Hmm. And from there, he was accompanied by Dr. Abdul Razak Iskandar, who was my colleague in Al Madina. Hmm. Among the first 18 students, he was one of them. He died recently as well. Two, I think last year he died. Dr. Abdul Razak Iskandar, a very, very famous person in Pakistan. So they came as a deputation of Khatmun uh, Nubuwa, means because there are activities of Qadianis in Africa a lot, including mm. Kenya as well. Yes. So these deputations came for that purpose to create more awareness about the finality of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So I received them in Nairobi and uh, I arranged for them a, a lecture in one of the Eastleigh mosques at that time. Mm. And it was uh, a mosque run by some Somali shiukh. So I brought them in that mosque after Maghrib and uh, the sheikh started introducing the shiukh who came to visit. But before that he said that in this country we were all together, there was no dissensions among us until uh, some shiukh came from Saudi Arabia and they created uh, dissension among the ranks of the Muslims. Hmm? Of course, he was pointing towards me because I was the only one in Nairobi at that time. So one of my students, and they are Somali as well, who studied uh, in my madrasa, he was a tall fellow. He stood up. I think what he done was wrong. He said to the sheikh, Sheikh, you are a liar. Kadhab, huh? you are a liar. You are a liar. So when he said, <laughs> you are a liar, oh, the gathering started, uh, stood up. And uh, it was a turmoil in the whole mosque. Mm. And this person tried to reach to the imam. He came to the imam. And I think there, is, there was some physical contact with the imam as well mm. Huh? Mm. by this student, which was not good at all. <laughs> and uh, there was uh, no speeches, nothing. Everything was in disorder now. So I took the, this shiukh, I said to them, please come with me here, there is no peace now, you should come back. So I took them in my car and brought them back to hotel. And then I came to the mosque to see what happened to these students, there were two. And I was told that they have been, the police was invited and they had been taken by the police. So then I have to go to the police station. I spoke to the, uh, the person in charge. It was night time and I said that, uh, why you have taken my students? And they said, yes, they, they were doing some uh, disturbance in the mosque. And he said to me that we Christians, we don't do such type of thing in our churches. And you people in the mosque, you are fighting with each other. What is that? What is the reason? So I have to tell them, do you understand the difference between a doctor and a witch doctor? Hmm? If there is a doctor and then comes a witch doctor and he says no to the people that come to me and, uh, sorry, 
the example is uh, totally opposite. There is a witch doctor who was healing the people, then a real doctor comes. So the witch doctor will say to, to the people, don't go to this one, <laughs> this mm. is not a doctor. I said, this is what is happening here. This is what is happening here. When uh, the truth was exposed, mm. people did not like it. Mm. And this is how they reacted to my students. Anyhow, I was able to get them out next day. But those people who were, uh, who were supporting that sheikh from among the Asian community, who were, uh, who were against me right from the beginning, mm. now they got... Now they got an opportunity to uh, to make a movement against me mm. that this person is creating fitna in this country and this and that. So they have they got the approach till the higher authorities as well. Mm. So I was uh, asked by the police to attend one of the meetings with the intelligence. Mm. So when I went to the intelligence. I have been asked many questions, who you are and uh, what you are doing here. I have explained everything which, because there is nothing to hide. Mm. I told them everything, that there was nothing. It was just, uh, I am a teacher, I am just teaching Quran and Sunnah. So, they did not check me, or they did not, uh, they did not uh, detain me, they let me come back. But at that time, because I was uh, uh, still hearing the news that the people are still trying to, to, to create some trouble for me. So this is why I decided to, to leave Kenya. So I straight away, I came to Riyadh. Sheikh Nibaz, now he has become the head of Darul Ifta. Now he was, uh, first when I left Medina, he was in Medina. Hmm. But now he got uh, the presidency of Darul Ifta. So I, I met him and I explained to him all what happened to me and I said that I want to, I want to leave Kenya so you can send me somewhere else. He straight away said to me because he knew me well and he got a good uh, introduction of me always. So he said to me, uh, where do you want to go? England? No, I said Pakistan, England, America. Where do you want to go for Dawa? I was in my mind, always in my mind, that I should do a further degree because I, the degree I got from Medina is equal to licentiate, equal to BA. I want to do my master and my doctorate. So this is why I said I want to go to England. Straight away I said transfer to England. <laughs> uh, so this is how. I was transferred to, to England. I came back and within a few months' time, I was able to leave Kenya for good, back to Saudi Arabia for a month and from there to England in 1976. That was 31st July 1976. SubhanAllah. Uh. So this is the beginning of your time in England? Yes. SubhanAllah. Uh, more you... than 45, 44 years. Subhanallah. <laughs> you can time. see that uh, uh, this year is my 80th, 80th year of mm. life. Huh? 80. Wow. Uh, uh. I was born in 1942. It's 2022. <laughs> uh.
انك لا تهدي من احببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء